Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Jeff is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Jeff. It was a scary moment. I I remember uh, thinking about what's it going to be like in the delivery room. We were living at the time in Appleton, Wisconsin, where I was uh, an intern pastor. And I had all kinds of fears about fatherhood cropping up in my mind. Not just that moment in the delivery room, but beyond that. Would I be able to, to provide? Would I be able to raise my son the way that, that God wanted me to raise him? And so fears were constantly bubbling up in my mind about fatherhood. And maybe some of you have had fears uh, about parenting and, uh, and about raising your kids. And I, I think whether it's parenting or many other challenges that we face in life, fear is kind of always lurking in the back of our minds. And for most of the challenges that we face in life, we wish that there was a little bigger well of inner strength and courage that we could tap into. And this is even a truth, by the way, that's, that's recognized in our culture is that to have courage and strength doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to face certain fears about the challenges that you face in life. So I want to put a couple of slides up. Mark Twain, famous author, right? Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, you all recognize him. We all studied him in school, said, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. Now, you're going to catch a little theme here because a number of very famous people have had similar thoughts about courage, that courage doesn't mean that you're not going to experience fear, that fear is going to be absent somehow. Let's go to the next one. Franklin D. Roosevelt, our president during World War II, had a lot of huge challenges to face as the father of our nation. And look at what he says. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. A little bit later on in the message, I have a story that's going to illustrate what Roosevelt is saying here. That that when we believe that something is more important than the fears that we face, we move forward courageously with strength, despite the fears that are present within us. Let's do another one. This is Nelson Mandela. You're all familiar with him, I'm sure. He was the, the president of the Republic of South Africa. He was... Um, imprisoned for many years by a racist government in the Republic of South Africa. Look at what he says. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. So, What all of them are saying is very similar, but I want to point out that there's a little piece missing with all of these guys. They're all telling us that fear will be present, but that we we need to control the fear, conquer the fear, overcome the fear, but the quote never really gets to the point of telling us how to do that. 
The, the closest is Franklin D. Roosevelt, who says, if, if you just keep your focus on the thing that's more important than your fears, that will help you. And we'll come back to that point again. But most of them just say, yes, you'll face fear, but courage is overcoming that fear. What I want to talk to you about today is how. How to, how to find that little piece that will help you control and overcome and conquer your fear. Because if you're facing challenges, if it has to do with your family life, your parenting, or whatever it is in life, you need strength and courage. We all do. I'm, gonna, I'm going to put one last quote up there. This is the, the oldest quote. It's written by a man named Seneca, who's actually becoming popular again in our culture, but he was a philosopher in the city of Rome and also became a politician and a ruler in Rome in the first century. And it's rumored that his brother is the Gallio that is mentioned in the Bible, and many early Christians believe that Seneca, uh, though a Roman statesman and philosopher, had become a Christian in life. Notice what he says, ignorance is the cause of fear. And the reason I put that one up is it's important for us, for us to have a certain kind of knowledge that will allow us to dispel our fear. And that is the important thing that I wanna share with you this morning. With our culture, we can agree that courage is something that is mustered in the face of fear, not in the absence of fear. But the different twist that we as believers put on it is that we have a solid source of strength and courage that is not generated from within, but is generated from without and pours itself into us and energizes us with the strength and the courage that we all need to face the challenges that we have in life. And to find out what that thing is that energizes us from without, let's take a look at Joshua chapter 1, and you'll notice our title is Be Strong and Courageous. So I'm going to read Joshua 1, 1 to 6 at the top of page 1 in your crosswalk notes. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, this is two million people, that Joshua is about to become the father of, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. Will you circle the word give? To the Israelites. I will give. Notice this word is going to come several times. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. From the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So I want you to think about where we are in the Bible, first of all. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, 
We, we have just finished, if we had been reading through the Bible, we've just finished the first five books of the Old Testament, referred to as the Pentateuch, written by Moses himself. Joshua, for 40 years, as it says here at the beginning, had been Moses' aide. He had been mentored for Moses for all those years. Joshua had grown up learning leadership and learning how to, to lead and care for the people of Israel under Moses' direction. Joshua had been one of two men, along with Caleb, who when 40 years earlier the Israelites had explored the land of Canaan to prepare to go in there, had said, let's go, we can do this, God will help us, he is present with us, and we should have no fears and no doubts that God is going to give us this land. All the other spies who had gone in to sort of figure out where do we go, how do we fight these battles, all the rest of them were so filled with fear and anxiety about what was coming in the battle uh, that was about to take place that their counsel was, no, we, we cannot face these people. They're too strong for us. They're too big for us. They're too powerful for us. Let's turn back. Only Joshua... And his friend Caleb said, no, let's move forward. God will help us do this. So this is the kind of man he is. And he's had the opportunity to watch Moses. And in those first five books, there's actually a really interesting story about Moses being in the tent of meeting. And there, remember now, wandering around in this huge wilderness desert of Sinai, and in the tent of meeting, Moses says to God, we should not take one more step forward unless, God, your presence goes with us. And Moses is so intent on making sure that God himself, his father, his, his spiritual father, his God father, is going to lead them through that wilderness that he says, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking a step, and I'm not leading these Israelites to take a step, God, unless you are with us, unless your presence goes with us. Now imagine Joshua watching this, being mentored by Moses and hearing this. And as I said, this actually got written in, and that will come in important in just a moment as we see what God tells Joshua to do to maintain his strength and courage. This account of Moses talking to God in this way in the tent of meeting gets written into those first five books. So, so Joshua knows the importance if he's going to be a strong, courageous leader. He's learned this from Moses that this only happens if God's presence is with him and the children of Israel. Ultimately, God, in the case of Moses, says, my presence will go with you. Continue to move forward. Continue to lead and guide and care for these people, Moses. I will be with you always. Now, look at what it says here. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And before that, he says, I am going to make all the obstacles fall. 
No one will be able to stand against you. Why not? Because I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going with you, Joshua, just as I went with Moses and helped him lead, gave him strength and courage. And before that, he says, I have all these amazing gifts that I want to give to you and the children of Israel. Notice he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. And I had you circle this before. I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Now I want to make sure everybody in this room is engaged because I know it's Father's Day. And some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor Jeff is really only talking to the dads in this room. And nothing could be further from the case. Let me tell you why. Some of you are fathers and I am talking to you. I want you to hear this loud and clear because as dads, you also need the strength and the courage to be godly dads. Some of you have dads. Today is a day to thank God and thank those dads because as Tom said earlier, dads aren't perfect, but typically dads all do some things pretty well. I've shared with you before my personal story about my dad who suffered from alcoholism and he destroyed himself with it, literally destroyed his liver and his kidney. And there were times when, because of that alcoholism, he was a horrible father and a horrible husband. There's no other word for it. But it's also true to say that there were many times when my dad was a great dad and did things well, things that today I still look back on and I thank God for that he did well. So if you have a dad, he's probably not perfect, but he did some things well. Maybe he did many things well by God's grace. Thank God and thank him for those things. But it goes beyond that, doesn't it? Yesterday, we're, we're looking at Facebook and there was a post on Facebook by a member of our church. It's a single mom. She has two little boys. And she posts on Facebook, one of my sons got up this morning and before I was awake, he cooked breakfast for me and he took all the dishes off the counter and loaded them into the dishwasher for me before I was even up. And then he came in with this little breakfast and he said, happy Father's Day, mom. And you know why I'm saying this, mom? Because you do dad things too. I can't tell you how much I have a heart for single moms because after my mom and dad's divorce, my mom, a single mom, raised me and did dad things for me too. And in this room, there are moms doing dad things for their kids. And I want you to know you too need strength and courage to do those dad things for your kids. In this room, there are at least six families at Crosswalk that have agreed to do amazing things like foster some children who don't have a home or even adopt children into their family and legally and formally become dads and moms to those, to those kids. There are families who surround those families 
and help them to be better foster parents, better care parents. There are some of you that just notice that you have in your family or in your neighborhood children that don't seem to have a positive adult influence. And and it may just be little things that you do once in a while, how you interact with those kids that, that for four or five minutes, you're, you're treating that child like your own child. If that's you, this message is for you because you need strength and courage to be the four or five minute dad in your neighborhood or with your family or, or to be a foster parent or an adoptive parent or a mom who's being a dad and doing dad things. You need strength and courage. And that's why it's so important that we get what I'm about to say. So get your pen ready. I want you to write this down because now we're getting to it. We're getting to that point where I'm going to teach you the secret to strength and courage that comes from outside. Courage and strength do not result from the absence of fear. Know this, Joshua had to be shaking in his boots a little bit as he prepares to lead two million people. And I'm sure there are people that had questions about him. What has he been for 40 years? Not number one, but number two. And you know, don't you, if you've been a number two for a long time, what people are going to say, oh, he's a great number two. But how's he going to do his number one? So I'm sure there were question marks from people on the outside, question marks within Joshua. How can I do this? There was fear. But where did courage and strength result from? Courage and strength result from the presence of faith in God. Because this faith convinces us, as God tells Joshua here, as God has told Moses before him, God convinces us that he promises, number one, many gifts. Remember, he said to Joshua, I'm going to give you this land. It'll be a gift. And still today, parents, caregivers, those of you who need strength and courage, as we all do, know that God promises you many good gifts. Some of them are on a spiritual level. Forgiveness. The ability to have a second chance every day and and the power of the Holy Spirit to lead a, a changed and transformed life, to put sins in the past. Some of them are physical blessings. Enough cash in your wallet that you can take care of your kids and your family a roof over your head, a car to drive to work, all these things God promises and comes through on that promise to give us many good gifts. God promises to make obstacles fall for us. God says, if you will walk with me, even though you'll face obstacles in life, and you will, just like Joshua faced them, think about the very first battle that Joshua fought. Do you remember what it was? It was against a city called... Jericho. And what did Jericho have? It had huge walls. There was no going past Jericho. The walls had to fall first. And God miraculously made those walls fall. And God will make walls fall for you too. 
He will take care of the obstacles. Walk with him, be in prayer, ask for his help. Know that you have a gracious and good heavenly father who wants to help you. Thirdly, God promises to be with us always. I will never leave you nor forsake you, he tells Joshua. And he tells you the same thing. I'm here. I I had a dad talk to me this week and he said, I need to come back. I've been missing from church too long. I've been been missing from God too long. And you know what I was able to tell that young man, that dad? Come on back. God's been waiting. We've been waiting. We want to be with you. Your heavenly father wants to be with you. Never ever think I've gone too far this time. I've wandered too long. There's no way God is going to receive me back. That's a lie. God will always receive us back in love and forgiveness because he promises I will never leave you nor forsake you. He wants to be with us always. So, here's the first answer. How do we have fear but not let fear rule and reign and push us back from the challenges we need to face and keep us from moving forward? Well, we replace fear with faith in this amazing God who promises us many good gifts, who makes obstacles fall and says, I want to be with you always. Look at what it says next. God says to Joshua, and in this, I want you to read it very carefully with me. He's going to describe a process through which you and I can replace our fears with faith. That's why this next set of verses is so important. It's one thing for me to just preach at you and say, replace fear with faith. And urge you on and and ask you to do this, but I haven't yet, and God hasn't yet told Joshua or us the kind of everyday process that he will use, he will use to help us replace our fears with faith. So be strong and very courageous. He repeats those words. Now here's how. Be careful to obey All the law my servant Moses gave you. Go back over those first five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Constantly, Joshua. All those things. Remember how Moses mentored you and how he followed me. Be careful to obey all the law that I gave to Moses for the people of Israel. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. I want you to circle the word successful. You see God making a promise here? Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be, do you see those words? Prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, here's the thing. 
So often we think that prosperity and success comes from within, right? We have to generate the kinds of things. If we want prosperity and success, we have to have the right kind of personality, the right kind of personal power within us. And, and trust me, all of these things I'm about to mention, you can pick up one self-help book after another and you will be taught that if you want prosperity and success, first of all, focus on generating your own success within, your own personal power, your own personal confidence. And then second, it will tell you network with influential people. Get the right people around you and you will have this power and the success that you want, the prosperity that you're looking for. And the third big one in, this, in, in today's world is your own personal drive and ambition will create this. Can I tell you that, first of all, there's, there's nothing wrong with a little self-confidence. There, there's certainly nothing wrong with having a great network of, of people that you trust and can confide in. It's what church is all about. And there's, there's nothing wrong with being driven for good things and to do good things. But these are not the things that lead to the kind of prosperity and success that God is talking to Joshua about here. You see, because all those things assume that I have to generate prosperity and success from within myself. And what God is teaching Joshua is, look away from yourself. Put ego aside. See, all the things that our, our culture teaches us are really about ego. And, and the stronger our ego is, culture will tell us, the, the higher our chance of prosperity and success. This is exactly the opposite advice that God gives to Joshua, that Joshua has seen in Moses. In fact, do you know what Moses was called? The most humble man alive. Very little ego. And the, the way you get there so that you can have true strength and courage, get away from looking to yourself and get toward looking to God is by laying ego aside and realizing that your God is a good God who promises you all the good things that we have mentioned. And the way that happens, the process for constantly renewing that he says is circle back to the Bible again and again and again. You know why we have to keep circling back to this book? Let me tell you something. When our culture teaches us to feed on our own egos, they're feeding something that is within our sinful nature that is natural now for us who are sinful living in a, in a fallen world. We like to think we're the solution. We like to think that we are the source of our own strength and courage. And, and even if you hack that vine back, that ego vine back, even if you trim it and prune it and, and, and get it as minimal as you can, 
It is so like a vine. An eagle begins to creep and send out its shoots and entangle our hearts again. And the one and only thing that that can lead us away from ego, which will ultimately destroy our strength and courage, is to be in the word of God and to be reminded that it's not ego, but God who will give us true, lasting, soul depth, strength and courage. I, I, I won't lie to you. There's a reason why culture teaches us tap into your ego to be prosperous and successful. Because it works for about that long. You can will yourself to do the right things without God's help for a little while. But what will always happen if you're only tapped into your ego is that that will run out of steam, it will collapse, and you will feel the very opposite of filled with strength and courage and confidence. It'll all collapse and you'll, your fears will begin to reign again. This is why God says to Joshua, keep coming back to my word. Now I'm going to give you something practical here. It has never been easier than it is today to keep coming back to this book. So God calls it, uh, names it to, to Joshua, the book of the law. We call it the Bible. It's as easy. And I, if, don't even go out of church today if you haven't done this. You can do it while I'm preaching Get your phone out and download the YouVersion Bible app. And then guess what? I don't carry this around with me all day long, every day. How many of you carry this around with you all day long, every day? How many of you feel a little shaky and a little nervous if you realize, I left it at home. I left it on my desk. I don't know where it is right now. My phone is my, mm-hmm. Well, make your phone your life, your true life. You can do this now. You, you will do the very opposite of offending me if you do this this moment. Grab your phone, get on your app store, and download the YouVersion Bible. And then you will truly be able to say rightfully, my phone is my life because you'll have the word of God on it. I'm going to take it one step further. Start reading it every day. And the best way to do that is to sign up for one of the Bible reading plans. Some of them are as short as five or six days long. And I'll, I'll recommend one of the better ones. It's called Time of Grace. They've got a whole list of different devotionals you can sign up for. Time of Grace. I highly recommend them. All right. That's how we keep circling back to find our strength and our courage. Let's turn the page. Did I? Oh, I didn't give you the fill-ins. We can't turn the page. (laughs) Belief in the gospel promises of God causes us to meditate on, practice, and obey the word of God, the Bible. This results in further strength and courage. This is the process that will, over time, slowly but surely, build the strength and the courage you need for the challenges you face in life. Now we can turn the page. 
So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Circle the word provisions. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession. Circle the words, take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. What's God doing with Joshua here? He's doing two things. He's saying, Joshua, I want you to envision your future with the children of Israel. So even before he goes in, God is setting this vision and he's saying, I want you to see it, taste it. This is going to happen. I'm going to give you this land because I am a gracious, loving God. Joshua, don't doubt it for a moment. This is it. Envision it. Taste it. Touch it. And then he says, not only envision it, but make provision for it. Have everybody get ready. Do the right things. Prepare themselves. And let's go in. Let me give you a story that illustrates this. So there was a a huge battle in World War II that could could have gone very, very badly. And it resulted in one of our country's most famous airports being named. How many of you have passed through O'Hare Airport in Chicago? Okay. Do you know why it's named O'Hare Airport? There was a fighter pilot in World War II named Butch O'Hare. Butch O'Hare was uh, flying. He was based on an aircraft carrier. He was flying over some islands in the Pacific about 10 weeks after the attack on Pearl Harbor, and he spotted nine Japanese bombers coming to attack the flotilla that, that he was based off of. It was him and one other fighter pilot in the air, and all the other pilots were down being refueled. And so he realized very quickly it was up to those two planes to keep those bombers from reaching those ships that were sailing in in the uh, Pacific. And so he dove in, and shortly after he dove in, he, he heard over the radio that that second fighter pilot, the gun had jammed. So now he's all alone, Butch O'Hare is. And he fights and... By God's grace, he manages to down five of those uh, attack bombers. And he gets enough time that other planes can take off. And ultimately, all nine of those bombers go down into the Pacific. And Butch O'Hare is able to rescue uh, their their, uh, group of ships. Franklin D. Roosevelt, president at the time, as we talked about earlier, called it the most heroic uh, act in in air warfare in World War II. So Butch O'Hare is from Chicago, and there's an interesting twist to this story. A number of years earlier, there was uh, an attorney who was also a gangster, and worked very closely with Al Capone. Very wealthy attorney, uh, was involved in all the gambling rackets, deeply embedded in Al Capone's gangster network. But this attorney was also a dad, and that's why I'm telling this story. 
And the amazing thing about, about this attorney is that he was a great dad. Despite the fact that he was a gangster, he loved his kids, he took care of his kids. He didn't just lavish tons of money on them, although he wasn't afraid to, to spend on them when he thought it was right. He sent them to great schools. But then came a hitch. As his son got older, this gangster attorney named Easy Eddie, his son wanted to go into the Navy as World War II approached. But he couldn't go into the Navy unless he got an endorsement from a congressman. It wasn't very likely that a congressman was going to endorse the son of a gangster. So what Easy Eddie decided to do was to turn on Al Capone, and he turned state's evidence, and Al Capone was put in prison for 11 years. Al Capone told Easy Eddie, you're going to die for this. And shortly after Al Capone told him that, Easy Eddie was stopped at a parking lot, uh, parking, uh, a stoplight, and a car pulled up next to him. And a guy reached out with, with a shotgun filled with slugs, not, not, not buckshot or birdshot, but slugs, and killed Easy Eddie. Now, if you know this story, you know the twist. Easy Eddie was Butch O'Hare's dad. Butch O'Hare would not have been able to down those aircraft in World War II without Easy Eddie showing him what a dad finally of, of integrity does and stands up for what's right. I'm saying to this to you dads today, you may have made many mistakes, but Easy Eddie came to a point where he envisioned a better future for his son Butch. And though he had made tons of mistakes and committed lots of sins in his life, deadly sins, he repented of that at the cost of his own life and set his son up, that is, made provision for his son to live a different life from the life that he had chosen for himself. Parents, remember, I'm, I'm speaking to, to, to everyone who is, who is helping, and especially to you dads. You may be feeling, sitting here today, I've made too many mistakes. I've done too many things wrong. There's no way for me to be a great dad to my kids. But I want you to hear this story because when God is with us, he can change our hearts and change our lives and help us make the sacrifices that we need to make to set our children, the next generation, up for a better life. I want you to write this. Imagine the future that your kids can have. Trust in the gracious and giving and forgiving God who can help you both envision and make provision for the times ahead and foster still greater strength and courage in you. I'm saying this to you because I'm a dad and I know how many mistakes and sins I committed being a dad and a husband. Tom said the same thing a little while ago. Let's be truly transparent. There, 
There are not only no perfect dads, most of us as dads are far, far, far from perfect. And we need Christ's forgiveness. We need the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us. We need the peace and the rest that only he can give us as dads so that we can move forward without all the baggage and envision and make provision for a better life, especially spiritually, a more prosperous, eternal life for our children. Here's the last section I want to read because fast forward 1,500 years now. The author of the book of Hebrews says, there's a new Joshua And in fact, I don't know if you know this, but the name Jesus actually is the same as the name Joshua. It's the same name. And the author of the book of Hebrews says, this new Joshua is leading all of us to a promised land too. And if we will have an eternal mindset that sees that promised land that God wants to give us through Jesus' mercy, forgiveness, through Jesus' being nailed to the cross, and through Jesus' resurrection, then we too can be given the ultimate soul depth, strength, and courage. Let's read this section. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. It's referring to that time when, when Joshua and Caleb could not convince the Israelites to go into the promised land. Since all that happened, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the, as in the passage already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. He's really saying to all of us, keep your heart soft to the heavenly father who sent his son for you. For if Joshua had given them rest, the original Joshua, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains in our future then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Here's your final fill-in. Imagine, though battles remain for us, Jesus is the Joshua who is leading us today to victory and rest in the true eternal promised land. Soul depth strength, not the temporary kind, but soul depth, strength, and courage come from having an eternal mindset that says, we want ourselves and our children to be prepared for that great day when our Joshua, Jesus, comes to take us home into our eternal promised land. Battles remain. They do for all of us. And we need strong and courageous fathers and parents in today's world The Lord's presence, just as it was with Joshua, is with you. And that is what dispels fear and gives you strength and courage for the days ahead. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus for us because you love us and because you want us to be forgiven. Lord, you promised to be with us as you were with Joshua. 
I pray for all the fathers and the parents and those doing father stuff, for the, the people who are involved in, in our uh, adoption and fostering network here at church, that you would strengthen them and give them courage through your presence. Lord, I pray that if there are those in our congregation who are interested in, in knowing more about things like the fostering and adoption ministry and want to just contribute and help with that, that they would go to the Resource Center today and find out more about that ministry. Lord, you are a great God, and I ask that you show yourself to be present with every person in this room so that we can get strength and courage from you walking with us every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Jeff. Thanks for being here today for Father's Day. I want to just send you out with this one thought, and it's that beautiful passage where God reveals himself to Joshua as a loving, kind God, and he says, don't be afraid, parents, dads, don't be discouraged. Be strong and courageous, for I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go, and the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great week in the Lord. We'll see you back here next week for the beginning of our new series.